0: The Bad Beat Show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Sign up using our link and receive a $500 risk-free bet. That's right, $500. And if you send in your first bet slip, you'll get a free t-shirt. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win for a $500 risk-free bet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win, spelled W-H-N-N. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for avid sports bettors, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube for sports betting. Make sure you subscribe to our page so you never miss a pick. It's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sports sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell positions like a stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG betting that's legal in 40 states. Sign up at betteredge.com and use the promo code SGP for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com and the promo code SGP. And finally we're also brought to you by Ace per head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sports book plus Ace is offering up to 6 weeks free. Just head over to aceperhead.com/sgp That's aceperhead.com/sgp. So come and fuck my life, up, baby. You are listening to the Bad Beat Show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast, the brand new show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Billy. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast on Twitter at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. You can follow me on Twitter at... SGP soccer. That's at SGP soccer. I am the host of all of the shows over at the soccer gambling podcast. So subscribe to that. Check out my website, lockbetting.com, where we are going for our 92nd month of tracked transparent profit. If you go to my SGP soccer, the pinned tweet is always the PL from the previous month. If you go to the website, you can see all of the transparent spreadsheets from every month so far as we head for our 92nd month of consecutive tracked profit. We have an 18 5 record in the NHL. We've won for 11 consecutive days in. the tennis just coming off landing a huge 2.5 unit future on kansas city chiefs in the afc and having a very very good weekend in the soccer so if you want to get my plays it's lockbetting.com so let's move on with the bad beat show how did the idea of this show come about well i had my worst Ever day in gambling. It happened about 10 days ago. It was a Wednesday and I'm going to run through the entire day. And I said to to Kramer, I want to write an article. I, I contacted Ryan Kramer and said, I need to write about this day. It's absolutely horrific. Anything and everything that could go wrong. And I'm not talking about losing. I'm talking about ridiculous winning positions where you just couldn't foresee having that much luck. It was a month's worth of luck in one day and I just... Wrote a little piece about it on my website. I wanted to write an extended piece for the, the Sports Gambling Podcast. And they said, this is a show. This has to be a show. Well, now it is a show. And uh, furthermore from that, when this show moves forward over the over the next few months and weeks, it will be a calling show because I want to hear your bad beats. I want to hear your worst Bad Beats Ever. This show's going to be about you guys. We're going to take it over to Locker Room. We're going to record the show on Locker Room, and then we're going to play it for you guys to to listen. So I want all of you guys to call in on the next show. This one's really just going to be about my worst day ever, which we'll get to next. But I can't start this show any other way, but to give you guys a reaction to what happened yesterday to the Green Bay Packers. That's my team. Obviously, lots of um lots of stuff being said today about getting rid of the coach about Aaron Rodgers making out that he's leaving I'm not bothered about any of that at the moment I'll reflect on that later on and see what I want to to happen um as the new season approaches I'm sure there'll be loads of speculation in the meantime I just want to focus really on, on yesterday and how horrific it was was for me so first and foremost I started getting the feeling in the week that the Packers were not going to win that game. I don't don't know why, because we've just been so dominant throughout most of the season. We are the number one seed. We have the biggest home field advantage in the NFL, even without fans. And we were letting fans in anyway, obviously only 10% of the stadium. But still, we had fans in there. But the biggest home field advantage comes from coming to Lambeau Field in January, where we are familiar with those surroundings and everybody else that comes there are not familiar with that cold weather. It was a huge advantage. We were the number one seed. We had to win two games to get to the Super Bowl. I think that makes it worrying in terms of retaining the services of Aaron Rodgers because if you couldn't get there with Aaron Rodgers with two home games, how are you going to get there ever? You may as well at this point get something for him and rebuild the team. That's that's probably the the way that I would go and um, and have a few bad seasons while we're rebuilding this. But when you brought Lafleur in, it was always going to be temporary with Rogers because that's that's a running that's a running coach, and we are going to develop more every running game. And Rogers, I think, was primarily there to win to win a Super Bowl on his way out, which he hasn't done. We, we've lost the NFC Championship game two years in a row, and we really, really shouldn't have lost this one. And all week, I was saying, people were saying to me, "I don't know what you're worried about. I have no idea what you're worried about. You're, you're going to win this easily. It's the Chiefs. They're going to be, they're going to be the favorite to get there." Because I just said, it's just too easy. The two number one seeds won't make it there. And they said, well, if that's the case, it will be the Bills that get there. It will be the fact that Mahomes hasn't fully recovered from the concussion. And if he's recovered from the concussion, he may not have recovered from the turf toe. And there were angles that people were offering me as to to why the Chiefs wouldn't get there. Let me tell you something. I was 100% convinced that the Chiefs were going to get there. I was not worried about that at all. And here's the proof. We had a 2.5 unit future riding on the Chiefs to win the AFC from very early on in the season. I did not hedge it. In fact, I piled on on top of it. I took a prop bet with with Mahomes to have over 26.5 completions and also took another unit on the spread at minus three. So, we had absolutely no doubt that the Chiefs were going to win. Here's what I did for the Packers we had two units on the Packers put down at, at um, two different stages of the season. One was as big as 14 to five, and the second bet, which is six to four plus 150, we hedged it. We took a $100 hedge at plus 170 on Tampa Bay 15 minutes before kickoff because I just couldn't take it anymore. I just couldn't take the fact that um, I couldn't shake this feeling that we were not going to win that game. And I knew that Brady was going to get favorable officiating. He get He's had favorable officiating his entire career. He's the face of the NFL and he's treated as such. They want him to go to the Super Bowl. They want him to have all of these records. Nobody... Nobody in this league has had more favourable decisions, more questionable decisions go their way than Tom Brady. The man is a cheat. The man is overrated. Tom Brady is a one-dimensional, one-pass, pocket passer, system quarterback, carried by Bill Belichick throughout his entire career. And now he's been carried... By the ridiculous weapons that are on this team. And the officials have handed him. Handed him his 10th Super Bowl. Throughout that entire game. They did not call Jack shit. When the Green Bay Packers receivers were being tugged. And pulled throughout the entire game. Yet they give away that penalty at the end of the game. In favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they send Brady to the Super Bowl. It's been happening all season. They were given a they were giving a first down earlier on in the season that was about two yards away. But because it was Tom Brady and he smiled at the officials with his eyes and his teeth, they decided to give him a first down. This motherfucker has been pulling this shit throughout his entire career. As I said, overrated, overhyped, pocket passer, one dimensional Carried by Belichick, carried by the NFL and Roger Goodell and the decisions that have gone his way, the most overhyped athlete of all time. I have nothing but pure hatred for Tom Brady, and I hope Patrick Mahomes beats the fuck out of this Tampa Bay team on their own turf, in their own stadium. I hope that they beat them by double digits, and uh, I'm going to be laying the three with the Chiefs, but. Moving on to this game, I I just knew from the very, very, very beginning when they they got the first touchdown, when Brady threw up his loopy pass, and uh, their receivers looked like Usain Bolt, where our defenders looked like they were 55 years old. They looked like they were Brady's age. They looked like they were Brady's age, except they're not illegally taking HGH like Tom Brady is and managing to get away with it. So... Our, our defense just looked terrible and was shredded from the very, very first possession. And I just knew that was going to be it. I even said it to my group chat that that's it. Like, we haven't played this kind of defense for the entire season. Rogers looked bad from the very first possession. I mean, he came right in the end. But then, even when we were getting back into the game in the second quarter, Adams drops the pass what the fuck is Devontae Adams dropped throughout the entire season? How the fuck is that happening? How the hell is Devontae Adams missing a pass? And then on third down, he doesn't know where he's standing and and lands his feet down at the back of the end zone, and we don't score there either. And then we give up we give up points right at the end of the quarter when we couldn't convert a first down. We end up giving away possession to them. They end up converting a fourth down, and then they end up scoring a touchdown, and they go in at the half 11 points up. And then we hand them over an interception and then they score again. And we're chasing 18 points, which we almost do because Brady, Mr. Overrated throws three interceptions in Lambeau field and we don't win the fucking game. We miss a two point conversion to get the game back to three points when we had the chance to get it to three points. And then on our final possession in the game, Aaron Rodgers has about 10 yards in front of him, needlessly throws the ball instead of running it in for a touchdown, if he'd been stopped, if he was the slowest man in the entire fucking NFL, he still would have been stopped at the fucking one. Then we could have just handed the ball off and scored at the one. And even if we didn't, even if we were first and goal with a fucking yard to get and they stopped us, they still would have needed to ice the game from the one yard line. But no, what we ended up doing was Aaron Rodgers threw a stupid pass and then that fucking idiot LaFleur decides to kick a field goal thinking that we're going to hold Tom Brady in Tampa Bay to a three and out, something we hadn't done for the whole fucking game. I don't understand what the fuck was we were doing. It was almost like we'd bet on the fucking spread. It was almost like the Packers had bet on the Bucks to cover the spread. And we did everything that we possibly could to throw away that game. And those motherfuckers, especially Tom Brady, did everything to turn themselves... Into the Atlanta Falcons, a team in their own division. They tried to turn Falcons and give that game to us, and we handed it back to them. We like, no, we don't want this fucking game. Go and play the Super Bowl in your own fucking stadium. I can't believe what I was watching. It was a fucking atrocity. The, The officiating was atrocious. Aaron Rodgers was atrocious. The play calling was atrocious. The defense was atrocious. Brady was atrocious. It was just an atrocious thing to watch. And um, I didn't even watch the other game. We had a 2.5 unit play pending on the Chiefs. We had, we had one unit on the um, on the spread, as I said. A couple of props as well. Everything came through. And I should have been happy watching that. But I just didn't want to watch any football. I just didn't want to watch any more football. I, I really don't have any interest in watching a Super Bowl. I was sick. I was physically sick watching that fucking shit yesterday. That, that's how it made me feel. And... Obviously, we're in a pandemic now and there isn't too much going on. Like, you really, really are attaching yourselves to your sports teams. And the thing is, for me as well, I cover sports betting for a living. I have to fucking watch everything. And obviously, there are moments of happiness where my clients win and I win. And obviously, I've made money over the last few years. But I'm a Manchester United fan, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. We have not had much success today since I came onto this podcast. I've been here since 2014, and I've been able to share wins with all these other people. But you know, everybody that bets on sports knows, it's so much sweeter when your team is succeeding and you have that success of your team and the money at the same time. Financial and emotional success coupled together something I haven't experienced as I've been on this show. And I really wanted to get to that fucking Super Bowl. And it was—it looked like such an amazing month with Manchester United top of the league and Green Bay Packers heading towards the Super Bowl. In that same day, I've waited so long to see Manchester United beat fucking Liverpool. And Manchester United beat Liverpool earlier on in the day. Knocked Liverpool out of the FA Cup. Late goal from Bruno Fernandes. Incredible moment, all taken away from me by these fucks by this dog shit fucking performance by Green Bay and yes the officiating was atrocious they they handed this game to the bucks and tom brady but how fucking shit were the packers i have to hold my hand up and say that was an atrocious performance everybody underperformed it was not in sync with with anything anything throughout the rest of the season other than two performances the um the second quarter against tampa bay and probably the entire performance against Minnesota at home. Other than that, they were the two anomalies. And then you had this game. I couldn't fucking believe it. I just, I need to move on and stop talking about this game. Uh, I just hope the Chiefs win by. A ridiculous margin when the Super Bowl comes around. I do not want to see this this prick Brady winning the Super Bowl. I Don't want to see this team winning the Super Bowl. And um, even with the officials in their back pocket, this Kansas City Chiefs team is absolutely ridiculous. This has the potential to be a dynasty. Patrick Mahomes has the has the ability and the potential to just be the most dominant quarterback in the NFL. He's not one dimensional. He can move, and unlike Aaron Rodgers, he's got all the attributes that Rodgers has, except he may be even better. And the fact is, he's not a pussy. Aaron Rodgers is a front runner. You can count the number of times that Aaron Rodgers has come back from from double digits down in his career on one hand. He is a front runner. When the going gets tough, Aaron Rodgers gets going. He's not interested in making a comeback. He, He may very well be the greatest front runner in the NFL, maybe the number one front runner quarterback that there ever has been. He can play from out in front, no doubt about it at all. The Packers and Rodgers will cover spreads for you. He's great ATS quarterback, but coming from behind, no way. In fact, I think there's a statistic that I read at one point that if Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers were with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback, just go one point behind, just one point behind, he's lost sixty percent of those games. I think, look that one up. I'm not sure if that changed throughout this season. I don't remember being down too much, but I do know that Aaron Rodgers is not a front runner. He hasn't got the guts for the fight. Um, He could have ran in that touchdown and third down and he he couldn't cope with the pressure. Um, There's talk about all of these teams wanting him and if they get him, it's going to make such a difference. They're automatically going to be Super Bowl teams. Look, we didn't get there with two home games. If you're thinking that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Colts and all all of a sudden the Colts are going to be an incredible team or someone in LA like the Rams or all San Francisco 49ers I completely disagree with you this guy is a front runner if he gets behind he disappears and he and he's useless like he was yesterday so I've, I've been watching this guy the the entire time through his Packers career and um he can't make a comeback. If we go behind, that's it. And I knew at seven nothing yesterday. I knew at seven nothing yesterday that it wasn't going to be our day. And I have the um, the text to prove it. And it wasn't reverse jinxing. Sometimes you can do a whole thing with a reverse jinx, and you can turn things around. You could turn around your juju. I wasn't trying to do that. I genuinely believed from the very first possession that we were fucked. And lo and behold. We got fucked by, by Brady and the Bucks. And as I said, I reiterate, I just hope that KC win the Super Bowl but by double digits and I will be taking that minus three. And uh, I really need to move on because it is actually stressing me out to even talk and think about it again. So let's move on with the actual point that we're here, the bad beats. Let's talk about this Wednesday that I had a about 10 days ago, depending on uh, when you're listening to this. So it begins as a normal day. I post out my my soccer picks. I've got 3 soccer picks riding. It begins with Manchester City in the afternoon. They're going up against Brighton. Brighton notoriously struggle against the top teams in this league. Graham Potter of Brighton has a style that is similar to the top teams. Brighton were at one point a very unattractive team. Their ethos was to be defensive, difficult to beat and break down, and to try and nick a goal, much like Burnley, but with a few added skill players in their team. Well, under Potter, they've gone completely down the other route. They are not difficult to beat. They like to play football, and uh, sometimes they can be very, very good. Otherwise, they would be relegated. If they weren't good in some games, they'd be relegated. They're very, very nice to watch, but they don't score a lot of goals because they don't have the personnel to pull off this level of football, and when they come up, against top teams they notoriously get beaten so coming up against Man City and trying to play like Man City it was the recipe for disaster I thought City was going to tear them apart and I couldn't believe when we were getting Manchester City to cover a minus 1.5 Asian handicap in this game at three to five minus 160 it was an absolute nailed on play for me and when you watch the game It was the right play. Manchester City completely outplayed this team. They were 1-0 up and had multiple chances to go 2-0 up. There were ridiculous misses from Sterling. There were ridiculous misses from Mares throughout the entire game. And already... Already, I just couldn't believe that we were going to win this game 1-0 because the chances were all gone. We were heading to the 90-minute mark. It was just a ridiculous loss already. Wouldn't put it down as something that I would consider to be a major bad beat, but it certainly was unbelievable that we're in a position where Manchester City were beating Brighton 1-0 and they had missed all of those chances. Then, all of a sudden, 91 minutes into the game, Kevin De Bruyne... Gets a penalty. Unbelievable bit of luck. Obviously, De Bruyne is going to pick up that ball. And obviously, he's going to put it in the net. And obviously, we have covered this minus 1.5 handicap as we deserve to because we're on the right side because we did take a team that had plenty of chances to absolutely cover this number and two or three numbers higher than this. Well, what happens? Kevin De Bruyne, who wins the penalty, apparently, according to Pep Guardiola, who explained this afterwards, Was too fatigued and tired to take the penalty. He said, I think Kevin was tired. But I love the personality of Raheem to try it. Here's what Raheem Sterling, the fucking idiot, tried. He tried to smash this ball... Out of the stadium. That's all I can. That's all I can really cipher from this penalty kick. 92 minutes into the game, needing to cover a minus 1.5 Asian handicap, we get a penalty. Kevin De Bruyne, who is a massively talented player, probably the most talented central midfielder in the world, with the exception of Bruno Fernandez nowadays, um, didn't step up and took the penalty. Raheem Sterling took the penalty. I was immediately worried. I said in my group chat. I think this is going to miss and lo and behold not only did it miss it got nowhere near the goal from 12 fucking yards. So here's the first loss of the day. Ridiculously sickening bad beat is what it turned into. Raheem Sterling skies a penalty. City win 1-0. We lose being on completely the right side and here's the here's the other kicker. I had debated the entire day as to whether to play this handicap or to take Manchester City to nil as they had kept 10 clean sheets in 13. They made it 11 clean sheets in 14 because they did keep another clean sheet. The reason I didn't play that play is because the minus 1.5 gave us protection. And I thought if if Brighton do nick a lucky goal in this game, Manchester City will be able to still cover us and score three because of the way Brighton stylistically play. And again, that was the right side, because they should have scored 3-4 or 5. But the bad beat occurred at the end, I think, with Raheem Sterling. That's why this makes the list. And this was just the first thing that happened. Next up, I move on to the parlay that we had. The parlay with Bayern Munich and Paris Saint-Germain. Mauricio Porchettino trying to land his first trophy as a manager after failing to do so against Tottenham. He succeeds PSG end up beating Marseille 2-1. That's done. Bayern Munich are up next. They are up or at least playing at the same time. They're playing against second division opponents. They're playing second division opponents here in Host and Kyle. I have absolutely no concerns about this selection, but we're still getting some value by adding it and padding out this parlay because the the assumption is, is that Bayern Munich are going to rest nine or ten players here and play the squad players well we've already got this ticked off as a winner because Bayern Munich played seven first team players they only made four changes for this game this was looking to be a massacre on paper well it wasn't Bayern Munich went one nil up and they let Holst and Kyle equalize against them but don't worry this is Bayern Munich they concede in nearly every single game. And lo and behold, they do end up going 2-1 up. It's only a matter of time before they go 3-1 up, right? It doesn't come. 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 come. We're in injury time. Okay. They're going to hold out for a 2-1 win. 91 minutes, 92 minutes, 93 minutes, 94 minutes, 95 minutes, 96 minutes. and Kyle not one into the box. They get on the end of a header And we're going to extra time. The money line is fucked. Bayern Munich have been taken to extra time by second division team with seven first team players on the pitch. 96-minute equaliser against us. The Bayern Munich Paris saint germain parlay is dead with Paris already cashed and holding the trophy. We're done. That is an absolute ridiculous stroke of luck. And to make things even worse... I'm thinking there's absolutely no way these talented, technical Bayern players are going to lose this outright. So I end up taking Bayern Munich later on to win a penalty shootout based on the fact they have more talented footballers on the pitch. And according to FIFA, the best goalkeeper in the world... Well, they don't win this penalty shootout. In fact, Manuel Neuer doesn't get anywhere near a single Holsten Kyle penalty. And Bayern Munich end up losing this in sudden death, going out of the cup to Holsten Kyle. And that is another loss on this day. So to recap, Manchester City don't cover the Asian handicap. Bayern Munich concede in the ninety-six minute to fuck up our money line with seven first-team players on a pitch against a second-division team. And then we whack another unit on them to win a penalty shootout, and they don't. Oh, it's just disgusting. This team have absolutely no chance of winning the Champions League. I can tell you that. They will not be retaining the Champions League with this defence that they have. But it's okay Because we're going to get something back. At least Tottenham are going to do the job for us. They're absolutely dominating against Fulham. Although the half-time score is Tottenham 1, Fulham 0. Now, we've got Tottenham here at 7-10 to 10 on the money line. We'd seen reverse line movement all day. I just couldn't think. Why? 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 Why is there reverse line movement? In fact, Scott Parker has been the one who's been complaining about this fixture pile-up, uh, this fixture change, sorry, throughout the entire week. It's been Mourinho that's been completely cool, calm and relaxed about it. It's been Mourinho saying that we have to get these games played. It's been Parker who's been complaining that he played a team at the weekend that he wouldn't have played had he known that they were going to change their fixtures over and make them play Spurs with 48 hours notice he had been crying about it all week yet the line was moving the other way I didn't understand that at all and when you watch the game It didn't make any sense either because Tottenham absolutely dominated. Diving header from six yards from Son saved. Diving header from Kane saved by the keeper. Eventually Tottenham go ahead in the second half. They have multiple chances to score a second. Son goes clean through and hits the post. Unbelievable how Tottenham are not 2-0 up. But the more unbelievable thing was about to happen. With 15 minutes to go, Fulham equalise in this game. Now... I wouldn't put this as the same level as the other beats. This is a horrendous beat, given the dominance of Tottenham and given the fact there was only 15 minutes to go and Tottenham had a goal disallowed by VAR after it. But this isn't high up considering the day. It's just your regular, disgusting, horrible beat. But it comes on a day of the sheer and utter most ridiculous beats, as I said, by Munich. 96 minute against a second division team with all your players on the pitch and then they go on to lose the penalty shootout and Raheem Sterling blasts the penalty home after 92 minutes, did not cover a handicap after after Man City had a chance to win by 4-5 in the game. We finish our soccer day 0-4. So far, we've landed one play all day and that was a tennis bet because we have 11 consecutive winning days in the tennis and we did start the day with a tennis winner. But we're one and four overall because we've been absolutely murdered in soccer. I then start to focus on my, my U.S. sports. And we had a mixed night in U.S. In US sports. We, we didn't make any money in U.S. sports. We didn't lose any money in U.S. sports. But Jesus Christ, should we have made some money? Our main play in college basketball was Texas over Texas Tech. Now, prior to that, we'd lost Wake Forest plus eight and a half points against Louisville in a game where they were competing throughout the entire game. They were down by six points with 90 seconds to go. And somehow, Louisville ended up winning this by 12. This is nothing, though, on the larger scale of things compared to the rest of the day and compared to what was about to happen to Texas against Texas Tech. Um, Texas were leading the entire game. Mac Malong made a jumper with three seconds left as Texas Tech rallied to beat Texas. 79-77, ending the perfect start in the Big 12 after Texas, as I said, led the entire game, including 10 points at halftime. They finished the game like shit. Texas Tech scored a bunch of three-pointers while Texas missed two free throws to go up two possessions, handing Texas Tech the game. That is the fucking shit that I had to sit through after what had happened through soccer. I had a 12-point comeback on me from Texas Tech over Texas. Free throws missed at the end, and they win it with a clutch three-pointer that ends up losing our Texas bet on the fucking money line. Um, we we close out with NBA here. We ended up going six and five for a minimal profit on a night we should have gone nine and two. We had uh, Jermaine Grant who was one bucket away from cashing his prop, uh, but as I said, this this isn't bad. Like this is just your regular kind of bad beat. It just comes on a night of of other ridiculous ones. We we miss props all the time by a bucket or less. So so we won't dwell on that one. But um, Gordon Hayward. Who was our main prop for the night? He got injured on 16 points midway through the game on a prop where he needed 18.5. This motherfucker had 16 points midway through the game and needed two and a half more points, and he came off injured. Um, the, the final bad beat came in the Knicks and Nets and Knicks game. Um, we were cruising to the easiest under possible the knicks coming into this game were nine and two to the under and going into it they hadn't scored more than 90 in three straight games it looked like as solid as a play could look at halftime the in play total reached 204.5 at one point and at halftime it sat at 208.5 We were cruising to a win. The total that we bet on was under 220. Um, Suddenly, we get a 62.3rd quarter. The number ends up going to 217.5, and I am shitting myself. Then, (coughs) with a humongous lead, Brooklyn decide not to defend whatsoever in the fourth. They allow the Knicks to score 33 points. The Knicks end up losing by seven after being behind by 20 and and to make it even worse just to make this whole day and this play even more sickening because it was the last play that we lost we could have still cashed with 35 seconds to go and 35 seconds remaining and the total at the time was sat on 219 and all we needed to do was the Knicks to miss their final shot the Knicks would have had the ball and they would have run down the clock instead from that point, we still get seven more points in the last 35 seconds and uh, and we end up losing a easy under. But on the wide scale of things, not the most disgusting beat of the entire night to lose an under that very much looked like it was going to cash and easily, but it ends up losing. That's not that ridiculous. But when you add it onto a day, Of ridiculous incident after ridiculous incident after ridiculous incident after ridiculous incident. You seriously need to question your karma. I was questioning my karma. I was questioning turning to God. I did not understand how Grant went off injured. How a spread that was sitting at 204 at one point ended up going over 220. It was 208 at the half. I did not understand how Texas ended up losing a game where they were leading by 12, and how Texas Tech started to hit three pointers minutes from the end. I don't understand how Raheem Sterling was taking a penalty that ended up being booted out of the stadium. I don't understand how Bayern Munich's players lost a penalty shootout to Holston Karl. I don't understand how the referee found 96 minutes for the second division team to score in the 96 minute against the fucking Champions League winners. I don't understand how Son and Kane suddenly couldn't put the ball in the net. I don't understand this day. It was the most disgusting day I've ever had. And... um I want to know if you guys have ever had a day like it. And we're going to keep this show current. We're going to try and talk about current bad beats if we can when we do the call-in show. And I'm interested in hearing your worst bad beats ever. I'm hearing to I'm interested in hearing about bad beats that are current. This is your guy's chance to come on, talk to me about the worst shit that's happened to you. It's not going to be a, a weekly show. It's going to be an as and when, but we're going to try and do episode two relatively soon. So stay tuned to my Twitter account and the SGP's Twitter accounts as well. That's at the SGP Network and at Gambling Podcast and I am at SGP Soccer. This has been your Bad Beat Show here, episode one. I have been Billy. Good luck with all your bets as always and thanks for listening.